Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're living your dreams, enjoying this crazy weather we've been having. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Johnston. With me is my co-host, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, Adam? I am doing just fine. Thank you very much, Barry. Things are good here, you know. I've just uh, been hanging out in, with my cats and, uh, you know, watching, uh, working, finally getting back to work and watching uh, TV, man. So what yeah. about you? Not much. Uh, watched the uh, Super Bowl last night, which was good. Uh your Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl, um, if you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it was good. It was a good halftime. It was a good uh, game altogether. You know, I'm not, I've got a, my team is the Green Bay Packers. So um, I just kind of, you know, watched with um, not having a lot invested in the game, but enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And uh, yeah, other than that, just chilling, man. Uh, this weather's been crazy around here. It's supposed to get like really cold, but like right now it's like close to seventy. And then wow. and then like uh, on Thursday, it's supposed to get down low of like uh, sixteen. So like, yeah, it's been bizarre, man. Oklahoma and, is definitely one of those places where you can truly say, uh, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes and yeah, it will change. It's true, you know? man. That's definitely one of those places. So yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I heard a lot about the halftime show of uh, the Super Bowl, and um, I didn't watch it. I fully admit I was uh, reading comic books and yeah, watching yeah. Uh, no, hey, man. <laughs> other stuff. I get it. I actually – usually I can sleep on this the halftime show, and actually I, I only caught the last – no, half of it probably, but it was like uh, – if you're a Gen Xer or somebody that grew up in the 90s and like uh, – you know the whole Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. um, that whole West Coast thing. Uh, you enjoyed it because I mean they did it and they did it really well, and the production was great. the uh, The staging was awesome. The dancing was awesome. It was just done really well. And uh, yeah, man. So you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook uh, talk about it too, about how 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 much they enjoyed it. So it was fun, man. It was good. It was good to, you know. I think we we've talked before a little bit about um, the time that we grew up in, but it, it is. I I will stand. I will plant the flag that you and I lived through the last great musical uh, revolution and mm-hmm. uh, everything from rock and roll to hip hop. It was all. We've lost sight of that, you know, and, and hey, I like a lot of the stuff that's done today, too. But um, when you talk about pop radio, um, it's just missing something, it's yeah. missing yeah. something. So, uh, yeah, it was cool to revisit some of that stuff, man. Speaking of cool stuff, 
we yeah. have a really cool guest and her name is Eleanor. She's an author and she's come on to share some really awesome experiences with us. Um, She's a really interesting person, man. She does a lot of different stuff. She's got her toe in a bunch of different uh, ponds, as it were. Uh, <laughs> That's so, a new one on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but uh, but no, she was a lot of fun to talk to. Talk to. Wait, are you saying that she's Bigfoot? I mean, is that what? Hey, we're Hey, man. We should. We. You know what? We should we talk for, to her about that. Yeah, we, we, we should, forgot to ask her that yeah, one specific yeah. question, but. Yeah, but she's definitely interesting, man. She's got some cool stories. Yes, she does. And she is joining us today from the mountainous area of New Jersey. And uh, it is probably cold there, too. But Eleanor, which is one of my favorite names, because, of course, the Beatles song, uh, Eleanor Rigby. Great song. Incredible, incredible song. Yeah. Some incredible covers out there, by the way. Um but uh, Eleanor, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my name is Eleanor Wacker. I'm from Wantage, New Jersey, in Suffolk County. And uh, I have written four books. The first book is A Paranormal Romance. And I was in the midst of writing the second one and got distracted by ghosts. I've had ghostly experiences since I was a child. And I had a haunted store in Sussex where I live now. And I thought, wow. Well, why don't you talk to people about my ghostly history cool. and find out if anybody else wants to share their ghostly stories and I'd write a book about it. Cool. And so yeah. that's what I started to do. I put it out on social media and you know what social media does. It's just like a boom, you know, you get all this, this feedback from people and they were all really receptive and started telling me their stories, mailing them to me, calling me, just whatever way they could reach out to me with their ghostly tales. And if they were in Sussex County, I was going to put them in that first book. And then I was keeping folders on stories that were coming in from people in surrounding counties, figuring, well, if I got enough, maybe I'd write books about those hauntings at another time. I originally thought it was going to be one book. I'm working on Sussex County hauntings and other strange phenomena three right now. Wow. And I released, I released the Warren County edition of hauntings and other strange pheno- uh, phenomena from there this past Halloween. So as you can see, it's turning into a huge venture. But I haven't put aside those paranormal romances. I'm still, you know, working on that. And uh, children's series is, is coming out soon, too. So I'm, I'm really going after writing now since I started my career over 50. <laughs> good for okay, Good it, for you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Is it a children's paranormal romance? Is no, that the okay. paranormal romance? Is, uh, I liken it to Stephen King, Dean Koontz, John Saul, that kind of stuff, because they were my inspiration when I was a child. Uh, cool. stuff. So, yeah, no, it's not really meant for anyone that's um, teenagers, yeah, but anything younger than that, no. Okay, so the children's so, stories is a whole other. It sure is. I okay. went to school to write for children, and I work in kindergarten, so the second graders in my school were the inspiration, and I wrote a children's series that's with the uh, an illustrator right now, so I'm hoping to get oh, that cool. out soon. Yeah. Great. But the thing that's really gotten people's attention and a following, obviously, is the hauntings books. And, um, you know, I'm fine with that because I just love everything ghostly that I always have. And I ended up adding the other strange phenomena chapters, and here's the weird part about it. There never were supposed to be 
other strange phenomena chapters in the book. But then when those people were reaching out to me with their stories, they were coming to me with their Bigfoot sightings. Mm. And that's right here, five minutes away from my home. And unidentified flying object stories in Suffolk County. So, you know, they don't really necessarily fit into the ghostly category, but I'm not going to turn those stories away. They're just way too good. Sure. So I just put a little tag on the back of the book, and it's actually worked out really well because when I was writing book two, the other strange phenomena chapters, I wrote about people's visits from deceased loved ones. Those are not ghosts. Those are their spirits coming to visit you and, and, you know, tell you that they're okay and send you messages of love, right? Mm -hmm. And then... Stories about when people are with their loved ones at their time of death. Those are like really poignant, touching stories, too, that give people just that um, love and faith and hope and knowing that there's something else on the other side when they see how their loved one passes on and what happens when they're in that moment. So it's kind of uh, been a good good thing that I did that because now with the book. Three, Sussex Three, I'm going to be writing about reincarnation, which is not necessarily ghostly. And people really like those those different topics. You know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. Right. That's amazing. So so you've written, uh, so you got two right now that are. Uh, that In the works. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah, uh, I, I wrote, wrote the, the first paranormal romance with Dream a Little Dream. And that actually takes place in Sussex County where I live. But it kind of takes place in the uh, 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena was my second book, which came out in 2019. During COVID, Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena Part 2 came out. Halloween of last year was the Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena, and currently I'm working on Sussex 3. Gotcha. Okay. How did, so when you... So COVID, uh, you know how everybody was in indoors to COVID and locked in and all. I've got to get out. For me, that was like Wonderland because I like to be sitting right the whole time. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What are some of the stories that stick out to you? Oh my goodness, there there are so many. But uh, you know, when you get the scary ones, those are probably the ones that you remember the most. Yeah. Like um, when when I was writing. Uh, the first one in 2019. That's when I started interviewing people. And that's actually when I met the women that I started the Lady Ghostbusters paranormal team here in Sussex County. When I founded that group, five of the women were invited on that first investigation. The three of them took me up on my offer. And they've been with me ever since. I mean, now we have a team of 20. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and some of them are men. And not everybody makes it to every investigation because it's not a full-time job, right? It's a hobby. Everyone's got their regular full-time life. And when I have a posting on an investigation coming up, because I do seek them out, but people also seek me out now because of the books. So when I have something coming up, I'll post it on our page, and whoever's available to come, I'll put them on the list and kind of give a certain cut-off so I don't have too many people at one investigation because you don't want too many people right. there at once. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I was interviewing those people and for that first book, and one of them, Deb, who's part of my Lady Ghostbuster team now, she is a nurse, and nurses see some crazy shit. Oh, no kidding. Crazy shit. And she, one of her stories is a chapter in that first book called Assisted Living about her experiences with 
senior citizens in the assisted living homes and when they were passing on. And in that story, she talks about how she saw death and she sees the good side of death and she sees the bad side of death. Mm-hmm. And the bad side of death is freaking creepy, man. Creepy. And then, you know, it's funny because she's very sensitive, so you would think it's only her that would see these things, but other nurses on her shift were seeing this stuff, too. And when they saw this bad side of death, it freaked them out. Yeah. Usually happens like, uh, she said, two weeks or so before a patient in the home passes away, that they start to see these um, visuals of death coming, preparing mm-hmm. a death person. And like I said, whether it's good or bad, they would... Yeah. Who was it? We were talking um, to somebody, I think, uh, not long ago, and they were saying that when someone is is like about a month or a couple of weeks, like you said, before they pass away, they start seeing relatives and people that have passed before or or entities or something. And it's like super common. Like that's kind of the thing, you know, that kind of lets you know that death is coming. And um, I have a couple of those stories, like I said, in the Hospital Haunts chapter mm-hmm. and in the um, Deceased Loved Ones chapters because people do see their loved ones just prior to casting as well. And they'll they'll talk to them. They'll, yeah. You'll be and you'll be observing them talking to, and then you'll say, who are you talking to? And they'll say, oh, my husband. And you'll, you know that husband's dead. Right. My, my brother and my sister who have been long gone. And it's a known fact that your loved ones do come to take you to the other side. Yeah. But like I said, the bad part of it, somebody who's not such a good person, you know, you know, whatever it is that comes to you, you don't want them coming to you. So it kind of kind of comes the same way, but like in a bad, like a maybe maybe dark entities or something. Is that what you mean? She described it as a Nosferatu like creepy limbed, tall, thin thing. Wow. Wow. She described it. when, And when she and her, uh, the nurse that she was working on the shift with, what they what, what was happening were they were in the uh, main part of the hospital at the, the nurse's death. When they heard this woman screaming bloody murder from her room, help me, help me, it's trying to get me. And so she and this nurse run to this woman Gladys's room to see what the heck is going on. And they go to flip on her light, and when they flipped on her light, they saw this thing that I just described to you hovering on top of her in the bed. And when they flipped the light on, it, like, flipped his head in their direction, and they saw these red piercing eyes, and it took off through the wall. Oh, man. Wow, God, I just got goosebumps like crazy. Whoa. And they, they were like, the woman started freaking out. Did you see that? Did you see that? And they tried to like calm her down and tell her it was a dream. There was nothing there. You were imagining it, but they saw it themselves. So once they kind of like calmed her down, they ran into her bathroom and shut the door and uh, were freaking out. Oh my God, what was that? And one of the nurses like got on her knees and was like, Oh my God, what the hell was it? And they started crying. And then this weird shit started happening and in the room. The water went on and off and the lights started flicking on and off. And they're like, Holy crap. And wow. uh, knew, you know, that was not something good. And I think it was something like two days later, the woman did pass away. Wow. 
But she was a nasty woman, and she was not a nice woman in life. I can tell you that. You know, you always hear about the ultimate price you're going to pay for the things that you do, and I've always felt like that. And that that story reminds me of something like that, where it's like, make sure that you, you you know, you're you're in your dying days that you don't have that coming for you. You know, it's like. I see people do things in life a lot of times and you're like, man, if you only understand the karmic sort of return on, on that, because you don't hear many stories like what you're talking about. You mm-hmm. always hear the good stuff like, yeah, oh, grandpa, he, you know, he passed away and it was a wonderful experience and it was, you know, life changing. You don't much hear these stories of, you know, turmoil coming to an end and having to pay the price for all the, the mm-hmm. craziness, you know, that's wild. I was glad to write that story for that chapter because I'm hoping that when people read that story, it will send a certain message. I make it a point of letting everybody know this woman was not nice. In life. Mm-hmm. Very wealthy. And she thought her shit didn't stink. I mean, she would make Deb take her toothbrush and wash the floor with it just because she could do it. Uh, she was wow. That, that mean a person. Wow. So it's a surprise that that is what came to get her. Mm-hmm. And so in writing that chapter, not only do I want to scare the bejesus out of a person, but I want to make them wake them up to reality. Yeah. I do have these stories in the book here that are heartwarming and touching about those loved ones coming to take you to the other side to paradise. But there is another side, and there is a hell. And if you're not good in, on your journey here on Earth, that could be your consequences. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we have had one story where there was a similarly described kind of creature, but in a completely different situation. And uh, it was a, a, a year and a half ago uh, or something, I think. But there was a guy and his – he was in the um, – he was in the military. He was in the army and this took place in the 80s. And he was in Germany and they were in uh, part of the dark uh, black forest uh, over there. And they were uh, – it was at night and it was in winter and they had to run a wire uh, from like uh, one part of – uh, from a base or a station to another, like an actual physical wire for communications. And they're crunch, crunching along in the, of the snow in this open field at night, and they look up and they see this dark being with that looks, you know, like kind of dressed maybe Victorian or era type clothes, older clothes, and you know, couldn't really see up the face, but just this red glowing eyes, and it was hovering off of the ground. Mm. And uh, they, you know, vampire like or something, vampire like. He's yeah. convinced it was like some, it was a vampire because he kind of felt like that, e- just the evil piercing them. And when he like looked at his friend to, you know, see if this confirmed if his friend had seen this, his friend had already turned tail and gone. So he he ran off too, but. Those are freaky. That's that's a freaky, freaky apparition. I don't know what it is, but it's yeah. scary. Well, here, here's here's a light at the end of the tunnel. I've been doing this research now on reincarnation for this next book and getting people's personal accounts of lives that they remember. And I'm talking people that are around our age and children that are five, which is most of the time the stories come from children that are five, six years old, and then they forget. Right, right. So 
But what I have learned is that the good thing is we get the choice of coming back and trying it over again. So that's probably something that if, if somebody was like that woman, Gladys, yeah. I'm not she would, but I'm just saying, you know, we do have the chance to come back and fix the mistakes that we didn't get right. Yeah. The first time around or the hundredth time around. I mean, right. stories that people say, I've been here, you know, 28 times, you know, we don't really remember it, but it's nice to know that if we want to come back and learn and change things or uh, improve or get it right, we have that opportunity. Yeah. It's kind of, when you, when you think about our existence here on this lane or this plane, this level that we're on, um, it's kind of, it kind of makes sense that like you're, all you're doing right now is trying to gather information and you're trying to make decisions based upon the information that you've got. And then for what, you know, for what, what is the journey about, you know, um, it has to be in some preparation in in the way in my understanding for death in some way mm-hmm. you know dealing with that making making those decisions um you know the 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 there's a a buddhist um i think it's the in the book of the dead they talk about when when you die when you pass you're bombarded by the the uh the entities um and you're supposed to try to navigate your way through the world of the dead and stuff and try to come out of it in a better place than when you went into it. It's like a trial, you know, it's like three days of craziness. Um, purgatory maybe. It's like a, it's, it's, it's literally like going into the depths of hell, I guess, if you're to explain it from our Westernized point of view, but the, the idea is for, the the entities to try to break you down, and you know, oh, okay. you know, I can interject there for a minute because I had interviewed somebody myself about her near death experience, and what she was explaining to me also is they want you to despair. Yes, and if mm-hmm. they get you to despair, right? Then one, mm-hmm. so you need to dig deep into your soul at yeah. that point and yeah. pull out that you're not supposed to despair, that God is all loving and, and forgiving. And she did point out to me also, and I'm learning so much from all this this research that I'm doing, but she had mentioned specifically that we create our own hell. So when we go through that journey that you're speaking about, yeah. which it sounds like, mm-hmm. your, your vision and your visual of hell is going to be everything you've ever thought it would be, yeah. mm-hmm. which obviously makes sense because not everything that's the same scares each each person. Each person right. is by something different. And so if we're going to go into hell, it's going to be pretty obvious that we're going to be scared by the things that we're frightened most of, right? Yeah, right. Great. That means spiders. <laughs> <laughs> if I go to hell. If I go to hell. Yeah. Your, your hell is sp- filled I'm... with spiders. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Thank you. 
So we're looking for a little help from our friends. We need you, our loyal listeners, to help us spread the word about the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Just go to your current podcast provider, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. We're just about everywhere. Hit the subscribe button, download the podcast, give us a thumbs up, hit the like button, give us the highest rating you can, and give us a review. The What's Your Weird Story podcast is a community effort. Without our friends and listeners, it wouldn't be possible to do what we do. So please, help us out by spreading the word. Yeah, you, so you've, you've, you've gotten to know a lot of different people and have a lot of different stories about that kind of stuff, which is... Yeah, it's amazing how, how much stuff that I'm, I'm learning about. I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't know what your, your religious affiliation is, but I, I, I'm a Christian. I was born and raised a Catholic, but I'm no longer a Catholic. I don't consider myself a Catholic. I don't consider myself of any denomination but yeah. Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm a right. Christian. And I feel that that's where my focal point is. But I'm also not your traditional Christian either. Um, I feel that, and that's probably why I don't like to follow any particular religion, because I feel like they're very rigid on what they believe and what they say and what they've told us it's supposed to be about. I feel like reincarnation is something that is spoken about in the Bible. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that point in that direction. There are points in the Bible that talk about astral projection. There are parts of the Bible that talk about the, you know, the wise men, they're astrologists. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to even believe in that shit. Right. In, 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 the, in the ordinary world, when they tell you go to church, you're not supposed to believe in psychics and astrology and any of that stuff. But that's what the wise men were. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. funny. They were following the star for a reason. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's a lot of stuff I feel that we're we're not privy to, we've not been told about, but in my heart and my soul, it's what I feel, and yeah. that's what I'm going to follow. And the bottom line is, you know, God is God, I love God, I know He loves me, mm-hmm. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and that's all I need to go on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anything right. else, yeah, I'm meant to believe in that. This is what I've been taught by God. Yeah. I uh, I was in the room when my grandfather passed. Told the story um, before, but um, there is something that happens that oh, it's yeah. palpable. Like it's it's not just a guy closes his eyes. It's uh, there's a there's a the energy goes somewhere, and you know it leaves. And so, you know, that's that's hard to grasp if you've never you know experienced anything like that. And somebody like your friend that's had so many of these occurrences. They understand it very well. Um, the uh, the hospice the hospice folks understand it very very well. You know they understand what happens, the transition that goes on, and what happens in there. So, yeah, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating subject. And you know, I feel like ordinary people like you and I, if we're open to it, we can receive those gentle nuances as mm-hmm. well. My own father, the day that he died, I was on the GW Bridge in bumper-to-bumper traffic trying to get back into the Bronx to be at his bedside. And he came to me in that in, in that bumper-to-bumper traffic. Now, I thought I watched a full-length movie. I felt like I was at a driving movie watching this happen to me. And it was literally just seconds, but it was a whole story that I was able to share with everybody at his wake and funeral. Wow. And he came to tell me he was gone, and by the time I got to the house, 
they were waiting for me. He had passed away. And wow. so I write, I write about that in my first book, that, that interesting experience. But to me, I was openly receptive to that sort of thing forever. What, we what always it, spoke that. What did it feel like uh, as far did it, was it a conversation you had with, no, with him? I was, I was, no, it was actually, it was, it was, I was watching a driving movie and I was sitting there in my car it was the hottest day of June. I had the windows rolled down because I remember my father and my husband and my brain going, turn off the air conditioning. You don't want the car to overheat. So I turned off the air conditioning, rolled down the windows. And all of a sudden, like I said, I'm sitting in bumper to bumper traffic and this screen opens up in front of my head. And it's like I'm watching a movie and I see my dad and he died. He had cancer. So I, I see him. Well, just to go back a little bit, just to let you know, he, he worked really hard all his life. He retired in January. He was diagnosed with cancer in February. Suffered oh, mm. and died in June. So this is a man who worked all his hardest life, was waiting for that retirement, and then ends up getting this groundbreaking news that he had cancer with his life. So in this movie that I'm watching, he's walking, and he's, angry because he's pissed off because God dealt this set of cards in life and he's scared and he's nervous and he's worried because he's worried about us being left behind. All of those things that were negative, he's feeling and I'm feeling them in that moment as I'm watching this scene unfold in front of me as he's walking through these misty clouds. And then there's a light and a being comes to greet him. And I don't see the actual physical person as I would see you or I right now. I knew who they were just from looking at it. And she comes up and she greets my dad. It was actually my husband's aunt who had died the year before. And she's like, hey, Carl, how you doing? Come on over here. I have others that want to see you. And so he now he's confused. He's like, hi, Anne, what are you doing here? And, and probably thinking in his head, she's dead. You know, am I dead kind of thing? And so she walks him into this group of light beings. And like I said, you couldn't see them in their physical bodies, just this beam of light. But I knew who they were. They were his deceased sisters, his deceased brothers, his mother and his father, his best friend who had died the year before. And they were all there, and they suddenly envelop him in their life and leave wow. him. And my dad didn't really smile that often. And I, he smiled on my wedding day. I have a picture of it just to prove that he did smile. He was smiling from ear to ear. And all of a sudden, all I could feel was joy and happiness, elation, excitement. And it was like, wow, what a difference. It was that difference in those emotions. So I, I knew that he had made it. You know, and that was just a wonderful experience. Yeah. And to have that, tell everybody, and of course, I'm the writer in me, I'm going to tell everybody about this story at the funeral. I don't care if anybody thought I was crazy. It happened. I experienced it. My dad's okay. And, you know, we were always talking about that kind of stuff. My mother-in-law and my mom and I, you know, oh, if, you know, if I can come back and show you somehow, I will. And you will just know. Right. Like, I know birds are all over my yard and when they're at my window and they're like plucking at my my window on the glass, I know it's them because I just know. Yeah. Everybody's 
pick their own little symbol that's going to be their loved one. For some people, it's butterflies or, or um, uh, grasshoppers or hummingbirds. Whatever it is in that moment, you're going to know if it's them. Like I was talking to a guy today, and he said to me specifically, he knew it was his mother when he would see this light in the woods out in his yard. I'm going, what do you mean? He said, there would be this light, and it would walk from one side of the, the woods to the other one, and it would happen over a period of time, and, you know, maybe every other week for a while, and then it wouldn't show up for a couple of weeks, and then it would happen again. But he says, I always knew that was my mother. So I feel like you will know who it is and when it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll have people say, I'm crazy. You know, but I don't really care if you think I'm crazy. I'm the one who's getting this fulfilling jolt of love from knowing that my loved one is here, letting me know that they're okay. Yeah. And if you think I'm crazy, I'm the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one person. I'm the one who's experiencing joy. You know? Right. Exactly. So exactly. Well, and, and, and even, like, yeah. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry. No, no, you're good. No, I, that's one of those things. It's not, it's for, it's for each individual, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just like you as you know with your individual uh, view of your you know your relationship with with God and your your beliefs. You know, everybody's got their own individual beliefs, and it should be tailored to you. It should be what you believe and what you feel is right, and you don't have to follow some preset. You know, there, there's guides, and then but you know, this, this just, they shouldn't be so rigid and law because you know, I mean, especially with the Bible being used as a strict word, and you could say that it's you know inspired by God, and right. I've got no problem with that. But you can't say it's directly. I I, I just I don't think you can say it's directly the words because there's been so much. I mean, it was put together by man. There's been so many versions of it and edits and, you know, rewrites and all sorts of stuff through time. Anything that's that would be, you know, part of it, it that doesn't jive is, you know, non-canonical. So they don't count that stuff, you know. So, I mean, there's all sorts of the history of the Bible in itself is a, as a historical object and, and historical text is an incredible story on its own. Um but you know that doesn't take away from the fact that people can get inspiration yeah. and fulfillment from it. It's yeah. just you know it's just but it's a it's a, it's a guide. It's an interpretation, and you know everyone should just feel it. it. Just it should be something as simple as God is love, Adam. God yes, is exactly. Love. You know what? Who's to say that that Bible that we've been receiving all these years has everything in it that we're supposed to see? Mm-hmm. How do we know that there aren't books that? We haven't unearthed yet, or somebody's keeping from us. You mm-hmm. don't know it. You just know this is what we've been told to give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I need to know is that God is love, and I believe in God, and that's all I need. Yeah. And here's another story. I always, I always wondered, you know, what's it like in heaven? Let's just say a baby dies and you go to heaven. Do they grow up in heaven? And it was something I always thought about, because my sister died when she was three months old. Mm. That was a whole other story, too. She let my parents know that she was gone. And it was a really sweet story. But to make a long story short, that day when I saw that vision of my dad and he was telling me that he was okay, after all those light beings greeted him and he knew who they were, they parted 
And this beautiful, cherubic-like woman came up to him, and she embraced him. And she said, hey, Daddy, it's me, Caroline. And that was my deceased sister. Oh, wow. So she, and she, in that vision of her, at that age, she was in her 30s. And that's when she's meeting my dad. So she grew up in heaven. And, you know, you choose your life. So she chose to be with them for those three months. But he got to be with her when he passed on. Wow. That's a whole other side to this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I think about, you know, um, because I've got kids, you know, you think about that kind of stuff. I also think about that stuff with animals, too. You know, we we, we love our animals like our family, you know, and and I hope there's a place where I get to reunite. They all with us. Yeah. They with us. It just that's the way it is. He didn't create create them to not let us be with them in paradise. So. Yeah, I think um, part of the problem with religion, you know, is that humans are involved. Yes. <laughs> um, Adam and I grew up in a very staunch, religious, uh, very conservative part of the world, and that comes at a price, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I still, it's funny because I still hold on to a lot of that stuff, you it's know. Really like, it's really hard to let it go. It is. It I is. Mean, I, still have that I still have that guilt thinking, oh my God, what if my friends that I went to grammar school and high school listen to me on these podcasts? Are they going to like, <laughs> judge me? Yeah, we won't, judge we, me? we won't let anybody know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I have to get to a point in my life if you don't accept me for who I am, then. You know, yeah. it's, it's the way it is. Did you did you guys ever see that Twilight Zone episode about the guy and his hunting dog? They they inseparable, always together, and then something happens, and they don't really remember exactly what happens, uh, but they end up giving the impression that they're they're dead. Yes. And he's on his journey to go to paradise, and he gets to this first place, and they tell him, no, you can't come in with Boomer. I think that was the dog's name. Boomer can't come with him. He's like, well, then I ain't coming in with you right. <laughs> if I can't have Boomer. Right. And he goes off with the dog in the other direction, and he goes, he finds this other person, and this other person says to him, um, oh, you're welcome here. You and Boomer both can come in. And he goes, yeah, that place that I was down there, they weren't going to let me come in with Boomer. If you say I can come in with Boomer, you know, I'm going to come in and they, they lead you to, to believe all. God is all loving and all welcoming. Right. He would never not allow you to come into the gates of heaven without Boomer. Yeah. So they were making you know that he had gone to hell first and they right. wanted to drag him. That yep. just made me think of what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, no. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Dang. Well, I mean... <laughs> The, um, how, like, so you, when you speak to the, to people and you get their stories, like how much information, like how long are these interviews that you speak to people? Like how, how in depth do you go in your book, in your books about these? Uh, when, when I'm interviewing a person, it can go anywhere from half an hour to an hour to two hours. Mm-hmm. And obviously taking notes while I'm talking to them. So when I go to do the chapter, I've always got tons of questions, always. And then when it goes to my editor, there's a ton more questions because they're very precise and detailed. So I've got to go back to the person and say, can you just tell me this? Yeah, yeah. I'm so 
grateful that these people who are sharing their stories with me are so patient with me because I want to get it right. It's, yeah. it's me telling their story as well, so I want it right. Sure, exactly. And yeah. so what, what I like to describe my books, uh, the ghostly books anyway, I'm talking about the landscape of life and the endurance of the souls that live there. So what I like to do is I like to talk about the history of the town that I'm writing about. And if I have history on the location of the home, because a lot of the homes or the properties, you know, tend to have the history behind them that recorded. So if I can talk about that, I like to do that. And then I will talk about the person's story or people's stories, because I'm always trying to get more than one story for a location if I'm able, because mm-hmm. it just makes it Sure. And then if they allow my paranormal team to come in for an investigation and we unearth evidence, then I like to talk about that. That's so that's cool. what you see in a chapter. But I always put pictures. I put pictures of the locations. And if I have evidential pictures that I can show, I do that as well. But I follow it up with my website. And why I say that is because a lot of the stuff is audio or video that you are able to watch. Mm-hmm website. That's cool. And there's nothing more clearer than to see a picture on yeah, your computer website than in the book. So you can see it in the book, but there's nothing like actually going to the website and seeing that picture in color on the website. So I have galleries set up on my website for each book. And if someone's already read the book, they can go to that gallery for Suspect County Hauntings 1 and see all the pictures that pertain to the locations that are written in the book. That's awesome. So you're hitting yeah. it, you're hitting it from all angles. That's really cool. That's mo- whole multimedia experience. Yeah. There. When whenever I used to go to Cape May, New Jersey to visit on vacation, it's like stepping back in time. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's this old Victorian town. All of the houses have been renovated and brought back to their natural brilliance, and they've got horse and buggies going up and down wow. the streets. They have ghost tours all the time, and they have just ghost books out each time I go there. So that's my first thing I do is go to the bookstore to get the latest book. And it doesn't matter that I don't live in Cape May. Everybody likes a good ghost story. So that was my inspiration when I was writing the stuff at Fauntings, because it doesn't matter where it is. It's a ghost story, and everybody likes a good ghost story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. like the history, too, and they like to know about the places that I'm writing about. It actually encourages people to want to visit because it's a great place to visit. And High Point State Mountain has a lot going on over sure. there in Waterloo Village and all the places I write about are great places to visit. So it encourages people to consider coming to this part That's of New awesome. Jersey. When, when was that area uh, founded? Like how far back are we going? It, it goes back pretty, it, it goes back pretty far, but, um, um, where I live in Sussex, which I found out pretty intriguing, is in the 1800s, Sussex, where I live, was a hopping town. Mm. It had everything here. I mean, there were there were train stations and everything you can imagine. Was there was a theater, there was restaurants of all kinds, there was a hospital, there were shoe stores and boutiques. I mean, you name it, they had it. And we have nothing here now. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to travel like a half an hour to 45 minutes to get 
anything. Wow. You know, we yeah. used to go to the food stores 15 minutes away. That's that's how different it was from back in the day. And when I was doing mm-hmm. this research, damn, I wouldn't mind living in Sussex back then because it, everything was right there in town. It was right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and right. everyone's like, well, what happened? Well, you know, they took away the train stations and, because this used to be a, a, a hopping tourist place, too, for New Yorkers because mm-hmm. New York is two hours away. Sure. And so if they wanted to come away and get into the country and away from the city, this was the ideal place for them to go. Yeah. So it's very different now than it was then. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, a lot of history, a lot of history where you're yeah. at. And I'm sure... I'm sure it's it's an endless supply of stories. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, the, the very first investigation that my paranormal team had was actually in the Ogdensburg mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. And that was really a cool experience. It, at the footage that we got from that particular investigation, um, I sent it into Paranormal Court on camera. Because we all had our cameras going. We all took pictures. So I just went through the footage and picked what I thought was the best mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from everything taken and sent it into them. And they did a feature on us on one of their episodes. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Do you do audio yeah. also? Do you do like audio? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The audio is the best. That's what I was going to ask. Like, do you have it's like cool EVP you know, stuff? Yeah. In this day and age, it's so easy to manipulate camera footage mm-hmm. and video footage. So you almost want to say, I don't know how true that is, yeah. but audio, you just you just can't do it. It's just there. And you hear yeah. you and I talking and our voices and all of a sudden you wait for a response and there's, dang it, there's that response. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll get one word answer or two. When you get a whole sentence, it's like, whoa, yeah. you know, that is fast stuff when you get audio. What's... So yeah, we don't go without our audio. What's some of the craziest stuff you've heard? Like, yeah. is there anything in particular that stands out I was to you? Just, just telling this one story to somebody um, the other day. There was a house that we had gone to, and it was by request. They were having stuff going on, and they wanted us to come in and see what we could find out. And when we go there, these people have a house full of people, and they're having a party, and I'm thinking, shit, we can't have an investigation with a party going on in this place. And we were ready to turn our tails and head out the door. But they were pretty... They were not too close, but it took us time to get there. And, and, you know, I had said to them, I think we're going to have to reschedule. And they were really bummed. And we'll get everybody outside by the campfire, and you can have the house to yourself. And and so that was kind of the thing that made us say, okay, we'll try. And we got the best audio out of that investigation. And it was in the last, I want to say, half hour that we were there. Wow. Because wow. We, we were there all night. We figured out who the little boy spirit was, and we were kind of done. And we, we thought, well, we did what we needed to do for these people. But they kept on saying they felt like there was somebody else there, and we kept on feeling like there was somebody else there. And we were trying to get that somebody to talk to us, but we weren't. it wasn't happening. And if the spirit doesn't want to speak to you, they're not going to do it. But what was the clincher was when we went downstairs into the basement, we end up seeing an American flag on the floor. And we all flip out. Oh, my God. Get that flag off the floor. We, we like, gently pick it up and we fold it really nice and neat like you're supposed to. And we put it on the pool table. And I'm, I swear that that had to have been the clincher to why this spirit spoke to us. Because it turned out that the spirit that spoke to us was a former veteran. Right. He loved his country. And I think when he saw us being so 
um, patriotic and loving of our flag that it prompted him to actually respond to us. Wow. We were in that last half hour. We're like, okay, well, you know, we, we would love to give you an opportunity to say something. Here's the audio, but we're going to stop packing things up. And if you want to say anything, now's the opportunity for you to do it. And Brittany, my other team member, she was kind of like, yeah, if you say something, I swear I'll dance a jig for you right now. And <laughs> <laughs> he said it jokingly. And um, we literally were packing up. And she says, you know what, let me just rewind it, rewind it and see if, I hear anything. And sure enough, she rewinds it and we're standing there listening. And we suddenly hear, we hear a dog bark, like a, right? Mm -hmm. And then we hear a man say, um, tell them, tell my family I'm fine. Now dance. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I actually started dancing because it was like, okay. Of course. So when we took the footage upstairs to the family, we sat there around the table because obviously they're going to recognize the voice of who it is. Mm-hmm. And they're going to recognize the voice of the dog, too. And we just assumed that the dog was one of the three that they had outside with them because you're going to get outside noise here and yep. there. Yeah. We're sitting there and they hear it and they start to, like, cry. They start to pull their eyes out. They're like, that's Grandpa. That's him. That's Grandpa's voice. And that dog, that's his dog. And... That's wow. just like him to joke around with you and make you want to, you know, make make you dance because that was his humor, and um, it was just a really poignant moment for them because their departure from him uh, at the time of his death was, uh, it was it was kind of like a broken family. Part of the family took him away, and this particular side of the family was not with him at the time of death, and they it tore at their hearts because they had been taking care of him for the longest time. And so they really felt a lot of guilt from that. And, you know, him being there was just letting them know, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, don't have to worry about it. I'm okay. And uh, they needed to hear that, and it was meant to happen, and it was just this cool thing that it came full circle, that we were brought there wow. for that spirit, and it was him um, sending his message. That's amazing. Well, that's got to make you feel good. I mean, that's rewarding. Oh, Doing the, the reason why I do this is, is not not for the fun of it. I actually really do it because I want to help the spirits get their message across, acknowledge them, and help the, the people that are on this side receive the messages that they need to get. And if they're strangers living in the ghost's home, yeah. have them come to some kind of amicable agreement living with each other. Because I feel like I liken it to being in the country and living with wildlife. I came from the city, the Bronx, and I moved into the country. I'm moving into the bear's territory, the deer's territory, the fox territory. I'm going to respect that. Yeah. I'm going to abide by the rules and not expect them to, to, to you know, to yeah. cater to me. Right. And I feel the same way with the ghostly spirit. We're moving into their territory. And you can't expect them to leave because I'm here now. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. So if you're able to acknowledge them and let them know why you're in their space and that they're still part of it, that's half the problem solved, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and whenever you, you know, just being, showing respect, regardless of any situation, you know, if you're respectful for, you know, if you, a bear, you know, just 
give it its credit, give it its due, you know, don't try to invade its species or even, you know, a, a little kid or, or a cat or whatever in, or in a spirit, you know, give show respect in general to everybody until, you know, and then, you know, you'll get a better reaction than being disrespectful. Unfortunately, we're living in a world where people are becoming more disrespectful. <laughs> There's no consequences for anybody's, you know, words anymore. Um, That's not true. Well, I mean, <laughs> there, there are, but I'm saying you can, you, you're hidden behind a keyboard. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can say whatever you want, and it can be as outlandish as you want, but you're not going to be, you know, uh, suffer the consequences of being punched in the face. Like yeah. that's real. Uh, okay, that's true. That's fa- that's face to face. You're allowed to do that, and it's okay to do it, and you can get away with it. Right. We we're, we're forgetting the respect of one another, unfortunately, yeah. and it gets worse with each generation. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's sad. That's sad. I, I I actually see it in schools. Like I work in schools, and I see that you know students feeling like they're entitled, and that they you know they they this is what I I expect to get. And parents that tell them it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's why you don't want anyone teaching. And, and you don't want people, no, people don't want to teach anymore because there is no more respect because they're coming in saying, I deserve this. I want this. And my mom says it's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's your problem yeah. now. Well, yeah. Back when we went to school, you actually got spanked at school. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know that that's right either. But I don't either, I, but at least there were consequences for your actions. I'm not saying that yeah. it was great. I mean, and you know, people were abused. I, I had some mean ass nuns in my school that yeah were just beating you with take it out on you. Yeah. I know that when I went when I was in high school, there were deans. We had deans, and these deans would walk around and make sure you guys were following the rules of the school. Right. And if you did follow the rules of the school, there were consequences for your action. You had to go through detention. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you had way too many detentions, you you were sent out. You went back to your own district and screw you. We right. don't need you in this school if you're not going to follow the rules. And that doesn't happen anymore. Nope. I mean, my husband's a high school teacher, and I know what he goes through. And these kids, they it's can awful. get away everything and anything and they don't send them back to their districts yeah and it, it's it's a shame because they, they don't give a shit they disrespect the yep. teachers yeah it's, it's really horrible so yeah. i'm not i'm not surprised people don't want to teach anymore yeah no no kidding why 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 do something that you know you could potentially get hurt at and not get paid well for <laughs> yeah you know yeah. I, we see it here and, and i live in the middle of america and our our public school system here where i live is not fantastic I mean, it's it's quite treacherous, you know, and um, I feel bad for those kids, you know, because they're not getting the education that other people are getting, you know. I always say it starts at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can only do so much when it's school. And like I said, I'm in kindergarten, so I get them when they're really little. And it does really start in kindergarten. So I'm constantly saying, what's the magic word? Please and thank you. When you hurt people, you say you're sorry. Yep. Like, I'm Doing that, because, that starts you know, at one year old when when a kid is walking and doing stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's when that starts. But, you know, when they leave your room and they go home, you don't know what's going on and what they're allowed to get away with. That yep. You know, it's sad. That is sad. You know, the only times I've ever gotten physical with my kids, them being small, is if they were going to do something potentially very harmful to their body, you know, like touch the stove, you know, 
this yeah, is yeah. why you don't touch the stove. The stove hurts, you know, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, you got the one kid that's going to do what he wants to do and grab the stove when it's hot anyway. And then that's what it is. You know what I mean? There you learned your lesson. You know what I mean? Uh, life is full of pain, unfortunately. And some of it's physical and some of it's not, you know? Um, I don't want to be the one on my deathbed for the freaking Count Dracula guy to come get me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If you've, if you've already gotten that in your mind that you don't want that, I'm sure that you'll be fine. But people that are ignorant and just see things in one way that are unbending, yeah. those are the people that are going to suffer. Yeah. Have you got any pushback at all? I mean, do you see any of that from, from, from books, from family, friends, or anybody? Or is everybody pretty, like, cool? Everybody's pretty cool. Good. Yeah, everybody's pretty cool. I'm sure there's going to be one. I mean, I, I was on a Facebook page the other day and I was getting into people were getting into arguments about the bears because we have bears here right and I we came we moved here we put a fence up in our yard so our three dogs would not have an encounter with a bear okay because it can happen and if we take our animals beyond the fence and something happens to them I'm not going to blame that bear yeah. I was responsible right. for taking my dogs out and putting yep. them in this position. But you have people that are freaking out. Oh, I let my dog out and it got attacked by a bear. Well, it didn't get attacked by the bear. Your dog, you know your dog went up to that bear and was barking right. at that bear. You know damn well that that bear was defending itself because you're going to blame yep. it on the bear. Yeah. So I can't, i, I got to keep myself from reading these posts, man, because <laughs> I shut my mouth. Yeah. And I end up opening my mouth and I end up saying something and I end up going, these are ignorant people. You you decided to move here. Do the right thing and don't blame it on the bear. And yeah. this one woman, I guess she knew who I was. She goes, now, people read your books and they don't agree with you. And I was like, you be like, mm. <laughs> like you're going you're to be and you're going to bring my personal life and my profession into this discussion because you want to be a nasty you-know-what. Yeah. She wanted to be nasty, and she wanted to just like badmouth me and let you know bring to life who was. I don't, I don't care. This is who I am. This is what I believe in. But it was, it was really not right what she did. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like stop getting into these arguments. You should have told her that her dog sought out the bear. That's sweet relief. Yeah. I don't, so, right. I don't, I don't think it was her dog. She just put her two cents in the conversation, and she yeah. didn't fact that I was saying something like I put up, a, I, I told him I put up a fence in my yard, I had three dogs my, I want, we lived up in, on the mountain before we moved where we are now and I, one of my dogs accidentally got out because the neighbor across the street opened the door when there was a bear out with her cubs and my dog took off and I thought that's it, I'm going to lose my wolf gang because he's going to go up to this bear and he's going to bark at her and she's going to go and protect her babies and mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been her fault it would have been my neighbor's fault for opening up the damn door and let my dog out. Yeah. But we were very fortunate in that incident that when he went and he barked at the bear, she actually kind of like hissed at him and got her babies up in the tree and she didn't touch him. She yeah. wasn't as an aggressive bear as some others are. So I was fortunate I didn't lose my dog in that incident, but I never ever would have blamed the bear. And this is what I was putting into this conversation. And she just felt like I'm gonna I'm gonna let people know who you are and what you're seeing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm five. You know, it's like, oh my God. Really pissed me off. Can you tell? <laughs> uh, that's funny.
Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what's without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-R dash W-E-I-R-D dash S-T-O-R-Y and that'll take you right there. I mean, you can never own enough clothing. Well, that's true, Barry. There's t-shirts for the ladies because, you know, they're cut differently. There's hoodies, which are really cool. There's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff. That's so cool, man. So if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story? Currently, there are two designs, but there will be more going up very soon. So just keep your eyes out for that. And if you decide to get one of our shirts, tag yourself on Instagram to ours or Facebook. Show your love. Show us what you got. Let's see your true colors. Did you, have you come across, like in your investigations, have you come across any dark entities or anything, you know, like that negative or has it all been... We have come across some negative stuff and nothing major, major. And I'm thankful for that because I don't, I don't know how I'd handle it. But this one house that we've gone to, the spirit in there didn't want people in the house. And I, I tell everybody when I talk to them that if they're mean in life, they're going to be mean in death. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. We go with our personalities. And whoever it was that lived in the house back then was a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And the people now, I, what, what, what happens with our investigations is, I already know the stories before we go in in there. So I don't tell the team members because they're mediums and they don't want to know. They want to figure it out themselves. But I already have the benefit of going in and knowing because I've interviewed these people for their their chapters in the book. So I'm privy to the information ahead of time. So we go into this this house and I already know what's going on and I want to see if my team's going to pick up on it. And... um, just to give you a heads up, the woman who lived there had said that her grandson didn't want to go downstairs in the basement because the man said he was going to beat him up. And a couple of people were almost forced, pushed down the stairs, mm. including herself. So I already knew that was going on. And sure enough, the team members that I had there, one of them was almost pushed down the stairs. And he said, whoa, something just tried to push me down the stairs. And the other medium, when she was downstairs in the basement, said there was a guy that was beating shit out of somebody in the basement. Oh, wow. So it all kind of made sense. And she, when when she told us about that, we were like, wow, you know, she's having these new renters move in with a five-year-old kid. She didn't want that crap in the house when they were moving in there. So we had one of the other team members go over there and cleanse the house and, and seal it shut. So whatever it was that was in there had to leave and couldn't get back in. Wow. So that was that one. And then uh, the other the other instances that we've had that I've encountered is people um, being having negative attachments mm. to themselves. Mm. Yeah. And then we've had we've had it in a couple of different instances and you've had you have people that are receptive to learning that they have this attachment and want to do something to help themselves and then you have people that are like, No, it's 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 the house that's haunted. You know, this house is haunted. The one I lived in before was haunted. And the one that mm-hmm. I lived in before that was haunted. And the one before that was haunted. It's not me that's haunted. It's all these houses that I live in. And they just don't want to hear that side of things. So yeah. you can help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it, 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 it's, it's 
certain people are really sensitive and pick up attachments. That just happens. When you're really sensitive, it happens. But there are ways for you to protect yourself um, that you can avoid that happening and keep them away from you. But people who don't know or don't think that can happen get themselves in really crazy predicaments. And seriously, they have those attachments can cause and affect your family members and your life. Sure. But yeah. it's such negativity and nasty yeah. shit that happens to your family members. And it's all because of whatever it is that's attached to you. Sure. Sure. That's amazing. This, this has been awesome. What, how, um, how can people get in touch with you and, and kind of give us the rundown about um, where people can pick up your books and things like that? Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I would love it if somebody wants to share their stories with me. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the counties around me. I am putting chapters in my book where I'm talking about hauntings around the country and hauntings around the world. So that opens the door to a lot of stories that can come in. And you can reach me at author Eleanor Wagner at gmail.com. That's E-L-E-A-N-O-R-W-A-G-N-E-R. Um, my website is authorelenorwagner.com. All my books are available there and or through Amazon and eBay. And uh, I have a podcast called Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World that talks about all of this kind of stuff as well. Cool. Out of cool. the UK radio network or wherever you get your podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> you are a busy, busy woman. Yes, I, you are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Um I, you having me. It was great talking with you guys. We, we would love to have you on again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'll let you guys know when the next book comes out. I'll have more stories. To talk oh, about. that'd be great. Definitely. Definitely. That'd be fantastic. Thank you again. This has been yes. a wonderful conversation. Really. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey everybody, you're listening to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. You probably knew that already because you're listening or downloaded to the episode off of your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever place you get your podcast from. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, make sure that you get your new podcast episode every week. We'd also like to ask you to rate and review so that we can grow our audience and we can have more friends, we can have more stories. So thanks for listening to What's Your Weird Story. Well, Eleanor brought up a really uh, a great talking point, which is nurses, mm-hmm. which I know we've touched on in the past, but like it really didn't dawn on me much. Like those are the folks that we need to get on here, man. Absolutely. If you're a nurse or you know a nurse, um, we know you've got – maybe even they're not, uh, you know, the supernatural kinds of stories. Maybe they're – you know, somebody came in with a uh, a, a funny foreign object in, in, in their – that they <laughs> placed in their body or something. But we – I know nurses – and nurses have tons of stories. Yeah. So if you're a nurse out there or a friend of a nurse or something, send send them our way. Yeah. Uh, because we'd love to hear it. But dude, yeah, that would that would be freaky. Yeah. You know, the death that as you called it, the Count Dracula guy. Yeah, man. That's scary. It is. You don't hear that very much. Usually no. when you talk about death, you hear that it's all like light and angels and positive. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, if you're a good person, but you know, but it's like, you know, that's something that I guess that I just have I was bred to believe mm-hmm. that um if you're good, if you're a good person, when you die, you you go to a good place and and good things happen to you when your when your body crosses over or whatever, but like you know, hearing somebody talk about that is really it's 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 humbling, I guess, in a way, because it's like I always, I do firmly believe that at a certain point you pay the price for all of your bullshit mm-hmm. and all that negative stuff comes back to you at some point. You can't it, you can't escape it. Yeah. And that that is just a powerful story and um, one that I, I really connected with. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know. Also, the story of her, you know, kind of witnessing or visioning or, you know, her father's passing and him going, you know, which yeah. was that opposite that you're talking about, yeah. you know, all the beings of light and everything. And, and that was really just, you know, powerful yeah. on its own end, you know. So yeah, man. I also I want to hear some more and we've tr- we're going to reach out and try to get some of her ghost busting lady friends mm-hmm. uh, to come on the show and hopefully share some stories. And if not, you know, we'll get, you know, have Eleanor back. To, uh, maybe she can share some more from those adventures. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. She's got it. She does a lot of stuff. She's got podcasts. She's got uh, the um, the ghost hunting um, that books. Yep. Yeah. That she does. She's got books. She's got children's books and uh, paranormal romance. It's great. Yep. But not parent, not parent children's paranormal romance books, uh, which may be, you know, I don't know if that's a, a, a market that needs that could be explored, but uh, delicately, delicately. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you would have to, you know, I don't know. You'd have to be very, very sensitive in the uh, in that area. So, yeah, maybe it's not a market to be explored. Um, but things to be explored uh, is your stories. You are friends and listeners, and which are both the same thing um, because all you guys are friends. You're Weirdsville, and Weirdsville is the place for friends. It's a place to come and hang out. Listen to stories, share stories if you haven't already. Um, you know, we want to hear all kinds of stories. You know, it doesn't have to be supernatural. It can be those epic adventures. It can be, you know, uh, true crime. It could be maybe you survived something. Maybe you were in a cult, um, you know, or maybe you are in a cult and you can tell us about that. Maybe. I don't know. We just like to hear we like to hear good stories. We want to hear your experiences and we want to talk to you and have a great conversation because that is what we are all about. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I always leave very, these weird hanging, uh, pauses and it, it's become a game really. Um, but the game is over for today. Everyone. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time with Brittany who is a she's kind of like a medium i guess she she she's an animal communicator yeah and she speaks to animals and she's got some it's a very interesting topic we've never had before um really 
really cool stuff. And of course, you know, we as pet owners, um, we really enjoyed speaking to her and in hearing uh, her her thoughts and her experiences. So, join us for that next week here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. In the meantime, you can uh, like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done already. You can go and you can rate and uh, maybe review it on you know iTunes and I believe Spotify has a rating now um, or wherever you can tweet about us you can Facebook about us you can Instagram about us you can also follow us on those platforms you can send us an email at wywspod at gmail.com to uh, you know send us a letter it could just uh, you know say hi I like the show or if you have questions we always like to hear questions comments um, we also you know if you got a story you can send it that way we know we've got friends who are uh, microphone shy and we understand uh, clearly we're not but um, that's what we in, you know we give you that opportunity and we'll be having a uh, a show from of writing stories coming up fairly soon so look forward to that with the return of our good friend uh, and uh, special correspondent and resident Bigfoot expert and voice of the listener Mr. Jeff Hubbard and that is coming soon so until next week be safe be weird as always if you have a weird story we want to hear it if you have a lot of them we want to hear them all we can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions whether it's sharing your stories listening rating and spreading the word about the podcast thanks for listening until next time be safe be weird The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.